Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. When I was growing up, one of those jobs I did just for a little while while I was trying to figure out exactly what I would do long I would do term was working for a financial services company. And this was a company that used a very ordered, even tiered system to run their business. Fairly early on in our training, in order, I suppose, to show us what could become of us if we applied ourselves, we were invited out to the house of one of the men who had done very well in the company. Upon arriving at this house, everything seemed just perfect there. The house was huge. It sat there on the end of the perfectly groomed golf course. And then we went inside to meet this man and his family. The man's wife was beautiful. His children were perfectly well-behaved. It was clear that money was no object for anyone in that home. And it was very impressive. It was impressive to me as a young man trying to ponder what adult life might be like. And this was especially true to me because I knew that this man who I was visiting was indeed a Christian man. A man who was not only a Christian, but was not shy at all about talking about his faith. He gave glory to God for everything that he had quite publicly. It seemed to me in that moment like this man had everything God could possibly give. But of course... I knew other Christians all around me that did not live like this. Some of the people I knew that seemed the most faithful to me were by no means living in such luxury. They struggled day to day in many different ways. Their families were by no means picture perfect. Their finances always seemed to remain a matter of concern, especially if anything unexpected happened. And there were things in their life that caused them deep grief and confusion. As I grew older, I became aware of a whole other group of Christians. Those who lived in even more precarious situations. I mean, I had always read in the scriptures about persecution falling upon God's people. But at that time, it seemed so different from my reality that I could hardly imagine that it really happened. But as I took a few classes and read a few things, I started to read and hear about real stories of Christians suffering awful persecutions throughout the world. As I got older yet, I got to hear people speak in person and talk about the persecutions they had underwent or had seen others undergo. They spoke about Christians who indeed were literally surrounded by the enemies. Of God. In our Old Testament reading for today, Habakkuk voices the concerns of people who were indeed living in similar circumstances. For the people of Habakkuk's days, it certainly at least seemed that the enemies of God were all around. It seemed that the enemies of God were winning and that the people of God couldn't even put any points on the board, so to speak. Now, of course, we should mention that this was happening because the people of God had now for generations stubbornly rebelled against God 
That's why these enemies were given freedom to encroach upon the people of God. But let us not forget that the people actually in that situation, all they knew was that the enemies of God seemed to be winning. That the enemies of God were advancing day and day on the people of God. They didn't think about what had happened over the span of hundreds of years. But just like you and I do, they thought mostly about what was happening that day. And so the people of God cried out to God, trying to get his attention. They wished to place before his eyes the violence that was being meted out upon them. They said it seemed in their day as if the law of God was useless and that justice was nowhere to be seen. And what was God's answer to this prayer? Well, at least part of his answer were these words. If it seems slow, wait for it. If what seems slow? Well, his help, his overall plan. If that seems slow, wait for it. Now, I always hesitate to use the phrase, as the kids say now. Because I found out over time, but by the time I learned what the kids were saying, they moved on to saying something else. But this I at least do know, that that phrase, wait for it, was a thing among young people, at least for a while. They would use that phrase, wait for it, in the telling of a story or sometimes in the production of a video they were going to put online. They would use it to build anticipation for something that was going to happen at the end of the story or the end of the video. They would get to a certain point and then they'd say, wait for it, to let you know that something unexpected was about to happen. Well, truth be told, the faith is a wait for it kind of thing. We are still always waiting for that thing that is going to happen, that thing that will seem rather unexpected, quite frankly, when it does happen, when God manifests his full power and glory. Oh, God gives his gifts all the time, But at the same time, there is always more that we have not yet received. And that's why God says in the book of Hebrews that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not yet seen. And that means that we must wait. Oh, we wish this were not true. We're not good waiters. And yet, it really is true. In fact, one could rightly say that if one is not waiting on God, well, then they have no faith. For faith, in its essence, is waiting on God. Oh, there will come a day, one day, when all the waiting will be over. There will come a day when faith will no longer be needed. But today is not that day. Until that last day, we wait for it. We wait for the help of God to be manifested more fully. You know, even that man living in that perfect house with that perfect family, with the perfect financial portfolio, if he was truly a man of God, a man of faith, well, he was waiting for it. Waiting for what? Well, for God's help in the parts of his life that were not perfect, 
though it seemed to everyone else that he might have had the perfect life. And those people struggling day to day in their pocketbooks and their relationships, if they are people of faith, well, then they are waiting for it. Waiting for what? Well, waiting for God, indeed, to finally bring an end to the sin that, re- that causes trouble in relationships. Waiting for an end to that having to wonder if you will have enough. And if those Christians out there who are literally at the, uh, or excuse me, are literally in the hands of their enemies, if they are truly persevering in faith, well, they are waiting for it as well. Waiting for what? Well, perhaps for the resurrection of the body and for glory after suffering. So where do you sit in life today? Are things mostly settled and well? Are you able to enjoy the parts of your life that are going well and all the blessings that are around you? Well, if so, thanks be to God. But yet God still says, wait for it. For God has promised even better things. And he knows that if you think the things you have now are the best things there are that you could have, well, then you will forget how much you need God's help. And he does not want that. Or for you, are things rather strained right now? Whether that's financially or relationally or emotionally? Does the life that was given back in the Garden of Eden seem like such a distant reality that you can't even imagine what it would be like? Well, if so, God says, wait for it. God will take care of your needs here on this earth And you will have that promised life free of trouble with him one day in heaven. And should the day come when you yourself are literally in the hands of God's enemies? Well, God says there too, wait for it. For the enemies of God will not prevail forever. They will be cast away and you will be drawn close. Wait for it. In other words, have faith. For Jesus promises today in our gospel reading that faith, even the size of a tiny mustard seed, is powerful stuff indeed. It's not powerful because when we have great faith, somehow we become powerful. Great faith is powerful because it relies on God. Great faith simply is depending on God to do his thing. And when we do that, God does his thing in a powerful way right in the place where we have realized how much we need him. And that is why Habakkuk simply says this, the righteous, they shall live by faith. Yes, our whole life is bound up in waiting for it, in waiting for God's grace and gifts to be given out daily now and in abundance on the last day. We understand that we live or we die solely by his hand. So thanks be to him that his hand is steady and that his way is good. Thanks be to him that he doesn't give us his gifts based on what we deserve, but instead gives them based on what Jesus Christ has earned for us in his life, death, and resurrection. 
And so we say with the psalmist, for God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. Yes, God is your refuge. He is your rock. He is your salvation. He is the steadying force underneath your feet. He is the one who rescues you from every trouble and every danger. And if it doesn't seem like it right now in this moment that that is true, well, wait for it. If it seems slow, wait for it. And while you wait, join the apostles in saying what they did in our gospel reading. Lord, increase our faith. For such a statement is an admission that we know that we don't always wait just as patiently or as steadfastly as we ought. You don't wait as you should. Your faith falters. And yet that same statement, increase our faith, is a statement that you understand exactly who it is that can strengthen your faith again. Today and always, God rejoices in this request. When we say increase our faith, he says yes. He forgives our lack of faith. He pours out his grace. He increases our faith. He removes your debts, your doubts, my doubts. He makes you confident. Confident as you ought to be as you wait for him. He alone does this. God alone. Only because of Jesus alone and what he did on the cross and at the tomb. So wait for it. For those who wait on the Lord, they are never disappointed. Amen.